Welcome back to Laying the Points with Farley Bets, everybody. It is May 25th. God, it's almost June. That's wild. It's game five between the Heat and the Celtics tonight. We're going to preview that game. We're going to bring on one of my friends and premium customers, Ben Katz, a South Florida, Miami expert, Miami Heat expert. Uh, we've been talking for a long time in those DMs, just shooting the you-know-what about the Miami Heat and the NBA, and the guy knows his stuff. So what's better than having uh, an actual fan on the show to – you know, especially a fan who's who's honest and fair about his assessment of his team. I love that, right? Because you there's a lot of fans out there who, no matter what their team does, you know they, you know it's like they're sh- like they're shitting gold, right? <laughs> but uh, that's not the case with Ben. He calls it down the line, calls it like it is. So excited to have him on the pod today and talk about Game Five of the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, before I get to a little rant here, let me do some business. Follow us at theoddsbreakers.com at the oddsbreakers across social media. You can get my premium picks there as well. Follow all the great writers and podcasters there at the Oddsbreakers who cover literally every single sport. Your one-stop shop, your one-stop spot for sharp, shared betting information. Follow us at SWU, that's at SportsWagerU across all social media. We're building our classes right now. You will see them soon. Excited about that. Follow us in the BetUS NBA show five times a week. I'm going to be on again today, Wednesday. Uh, Josh is out sick. Feel better, Josh, if you're listening. Uh, God, man, I, I hate all the crap that's going around these days. It's so, I mean, do you want to, it kind of feels like you want to just stay inside, right? I mean, I, I love my new house, so maybe I'll just stay inside. I don't know. I could still drink here. That's for sure. I could still pop a gummy here. That's for sure. Uh, but anyway, I'll be on the Bet US show again today, so I'll be there all week. Check us out at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Follow me at Farley Bets, guys. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok at Farley Bets. We give out our premium plays every single day. You can DM me directly to find out more information or go through the oddsbreakers.com. My record right now is 64 and 49. That's 57% in the NBA playoffs. And we are over 10 units in the NBA playoffs. So things are going well right there at our 57% mark. It teeters up and down a little bit, but we've been holding on to that now for a little while. So not unhappy about that. All right, really quick ran here because I want to talk to Ben about the Heat and Celtics game. Uh, but really quick, well, before I ran, let me talk about the Mavericks and, and the Warriors game. Um, we had that circled and circled and circled. And approaching that game at first, I was like, man, this is going to be a tough game to bet. How could I trust the Mavericks? Well, in doing further research, we found yesterday and posted that article at the Oddsbreakers that when the Golden State Warriors have faced an, a, a road game this postseason where they can uh, close out the series and win it, they haven't performed very well. And lo and behold, uh, they came out actually playing pretty aggressively. They played well, uh, maybe inspired from their coach's comments before the game. Obviously, a lot going on yesterday. We'll I'm gonna I'm gonna mention that here in a second, but um, Dallas Mavericks they stepped up, did really well from beyond the arc. I, th- I believe they shot around 50% from three point land, uh, way over 50% from the floor, uh, and we saw it right. We saw the Mavericks put on their best effort at home. Golden State Warriors kind of pulling away a little bit, pulling back. They left their starters out of their line uh, starting lineup. They left the starters out of their lineup in the fourth quarter. Until they came back and they were within eight and they brought the starters back in around what five to six minutes into the fourth, but they couldn't close it out. Mavericks hold on. 
pretty good game for Luca. He didn't have a great shooting night, but man, Dorian Finney-Smith, Kleber, these guys were lights out from beyond the arc. Uh, and, and that's, and that's after some pretty bad showings in the past. I mean, Reggie Bullock too was fantastic in this game. So the one thing I have to say about the upcoming game on Thursday is I'm not too sure I want to take the Golden State Warriors, especially at six and a half, because now that the Mavericks have a semblance of confidence and rhythm, even though it's at the chase center, we've seen this Dallas Mavericks team facing elimination step up time and time again. We saw that against the Phoenix Suns, the NBA's best team in the regular season. So why couldn't they do that again? We'll see if I have any more thoughts on that. I'll share those thoughts in the BetUS NBA show tomorrow. Uh, but interesting series. Glad that it's getting extended a little bit. Would not be surprised if the Mavericks, if the Mavericks, if the Mavericks itched their way back into that series, uh, because that that is what they've done. And Jason Kidd apparently is pretty good coaching in these situations too. So uh, that series just got a little bit more interesting. Let's see if the Mavericks can keep it close tomorrow at Golden State. Here's my quick rant. Um, absolutely horrific. What happened in Texas yesterday, um, I just think I would be remiss if I didn't talk about it at least a little bit. Um, you know, I, I'm going to say the same thing everybody else says, right? Thoughts, prayers. I can't imagine um, going through anything like that. I have a 16-year-old son. I plan on having more kids with my wife. Um, I would imagine that I would go completely crazy if something like that happened. Um, and there definitely has to be solutions. This, this can't keep happening. Right. Uh, I think that's something we all agree upon. And, it, but it just makes me think of a greater point, And this is true in sports betting. It's true where you work. It's true in your relationships. And it's true for the solutions that we're seeking after tragedies like that is that, you know, when I was in, I think I was in 20, I think I was 23, 24. Um, I took some of my undergrad classes late because I was leaving the military. Got my associate's degree in the military. Then I left and I continued going to school. So I was about 23, I think. And I had a Spanish teacher in college um, who said something very profound. And we were all kind of laughing at him. But he was like, everybody is forgetting how to talk. Nobody knows how to talk anymore. And I was like, what is he talking about? <laughs> what do you mean we don't know how to talk? Um, but man, does that seem glaring now, huh? Um, if we want to have solutions of any kind, we're going to have to start to learn how to talk to one another. Because all that I see on Twitter and even, even in God conversations or, you know, at holiday dinners, Right. Are, are people demonizing each other, judging each other, um, talking about how how dumb the other party is, um, how ignorant the policies are. You know, they we just love to defame people who oppose our viewpoints. And the reality is every viewpoint probably has some legitimacy to it. Some. Right. Uh, those who are pro-gun, they have some points. After a tragedy like this, those who want more gun law enforcement and restrictions, they certainly have points too. We just got to start listening to each other, guys. We can't, we can't expect a solution or a result of any kind 
if we can't talk to each other. And that's always my greater point, right? Discourse is sort of lost. It's either you believe this or you believe that. And if you believe that, you're fucking crazy. That's not the way life works. It's not the way life works in a one-on-one, two-person relationship. It's not the way life works at a school, in politics, in sports betting, on a team, at all. Not at all. Got to learn how to work with each other. If we're all supposed to vote and pay tax dollars and feel like America is great, which I do, I love America. But we're going to have to be given some more reasons to believe that our leaders can actually get something done. And that's true in sports betting too. Um, Have conversations with people. Be able to be uh, open to what they're saying. Different strategies, different ways of looking at things. It's just true in all aspects of life. Yesterday obviously puts things into perspective. Let's have perspective moving forward. Sports betting is not the most important thing in this life. I love it. That's for damn sure. But it's not the most important thing. Uh, Take care of each other. Learn how to talk to each other. Learn how to listen to each other. And I feel like a lot of smart people. I just called myself smart. I feel like a lot of smart people say that. But very few of us are listening. So that's my short message today. With that, let's bring on Ben Katz, friend of mine, premium customer, Twitter, Miami Heat expert, Ben from South Florida on the podcast. Let's get this thing rolling and preview Eastern Conference Finals Game 5. All right, Ben Katz joins us now. And let me actually adjust my mic. It was like a mile away, Ben. but um, Much better. Here we are, man. It's game five, right? Uh, The series has gone back to Miami. I know I said it in the intro a little bit, but Ben, you are a massive Heat fan. You've been tracking them for a while. So let's start with this. Give us a little bit about your background. How long have you been a Heat fan? How long have you been betting on the Heat and winning wagers on the Heat? Uh, How has that journey been? Oh, man. Uh, So just a little background. I'm, I'm Ben, 24 years old from South Florida. Um, been following the Heat probably ever since, I don't know, I want to say 2006, 2007, when I was a youngin. Um, as I got older, I started just appreciating the game more, and I started having a love for basketball and affinity for it. Played basketball in high school, and then in college, played IM ball. So I was always around b-ball my whole life. And then about in high school, I started getting into the, uh, the real fun, you know what I'm talking about? I'm placing some wagers on the Heat, and... Yeah, I've been winning a lot of them and just, you know, it's it's a fun ride. Love the Heat. Uh, probably missed a handful of games in the last five years, to be honest with you. Even in college, I'd be streaming the phone, the games on my phone when I go out. Never miss a minute. <laughs> and if I do, and if I do, I literally rewatch the game on Heat Live at midnight. Yeah. So I'm that guy. But um, yeah, I'm a huge fan. Uh, the series has been very stressful. This playoffs has been, uh, playoffs has been very unpredictable to say the least. I mean, there's only been four lead changes in, I think, four games in the series, so I mean, right. it tells you all you need to know. Um, and the injuries. Injuries are just brutal. I've been saying it for a long time, 82 games or whatever, 70 games or however long the season is. It's just too long for these athletes to be playing at such a high level. It's just, it's ridiculous. And, um, you know, as, as you get later into the playoffs, the higher-up teams are affected by it more because they're getting more wear and tear, more mileage on their bodies. And now you're seeing the effect of it in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, you know, it's just, there's a lot to it, but no, no excuses, none of that. But game five tonight, it's 
big game. We're back at home. The Heat thrive as dogs. Spolstra loves bouncing back. Media hates Miami Heat for my whole life, whatever it is, for some <laughs> reason. They, they'd rather go to New York, Brooklyn, LA. They still talk about the Lakers, and they're not even having, having – they still talk That's about true. the Lakers. So, it's the, you know, it's just totally biased and corrupt. So, I just see it for as it is. And, you know, if the Heat are sucking, I'll just say they're sucking. I'll be the first one to, to admit that. But, you know, it's – it's just unfortunate that we are put in such a bad light in the media, but that's how we are. Like Kendrick Perkins says, we're the goons from South Florida, from South Beach. And uh, we, we take on that demeanor, and I hopefully we steal game five tonight at home. Big one. Vegas yep. has uh, underdogs, so we got to steal it. Yeah, very, very short underdogs, around, around one, one and a half, depending on the book. Uh, your your volume is a little low on my end, Ben. I don't know if you could fix that on your end. You could just you know talk a little louder. It might it might be okay in the podcast itself, and I can always do uh, some um, edits in the post production. Sometimes, man, when I get on here with my buddy Steve and we talk the um, the um, NFL, he's like way louder than me. So I I you know I can't figure okay. out the audio things with the podcast. You sound fine, just maybe just a little bit louder if you can. Do um, you want me to put in uh, uh, corded corded uh, headphones? Oh, sure, man, if you want. Yeah, I mean, that already sounds a little better, actually. But uh, so let me ask you this question first. This free throw disparity. Okay, so the Celtics have been to the line. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to amp you up asking you this question. (laughs) But the the uh, Celtics have have been to the free throw line now 68 times in the past two games. Miami Heat only 28. These are two physical teams. There's a lot of banging going on, especially in the paint. I know that has to frustrate you, man, but I I expect a little, you know, things have to swing back a little bit. Uh, I think I think probably the officials know that, that there's way too many calls going towards the Celtics, and not the Heat. Uh, So are are the Heat going to be able to find the free throw lines? I think that's a huge part of tonight's game. They have to play aggressive from the, you know, from the jump. You're amping me up, Chris. But um, yeah, the, that discrepancy is. I mean, what more do you want? I mean, they're the one and two best defenses in the NBA, and the one team is getting all the calls, and the one team is in the media, and the one team is getting picked from every single analyst and pundit you see. No one talks about Miami, so it's just ridiculous. I don't know if there's ulterior motives going on. If Boston has more money, or you know, if they want them in the finals for views, whatever it might be. The refs have just completely ruined this series. To be honest with you, two amazing teams. I mean, it should be closer to 50-50, not them shooting 100 more free throws than us. It's not like we're not aggressive either. I mean, deep, Oladipo drives, Jimmy drives, Bam drives. Like, it's, like, ridiculous. I'm seeing calls. Bam's getting slapped for challenging it, and then they're overturning it. Everything's just going in the Celtics' favor. I mean, even game three, we won. I thought that they were getting all the calls. I couldn't I couldn't believe that, but we, we gutted that one out without Jimmy. And, yeah, he's – I can't make up these calls. Hopefully, you know, it regresses towards the mean in game five tonight at home on our court. But um, it's not something I like relying on. I don't like relying on officiating to dictate the game. Yeah. Like, we, we came out game four, flat, terrible. We were content with splitting this, uh, taking one there and going back to Miami, which I thought was terrible. But I think Jimmy's got serious knee issues. That Pritchard play, no one even talks about it. I haven't heard one ESPN guy talk about it. I mean, I'm not saying it was a dirty play or anything, but the guy literally slapped out his knees. I mean, yeah. you saw what happened to John Morant earlier and uh, Dylan Brooks, I think. Not Brooks. Uh, earlier, he slapped his knee and he was talking about it. I mean, you just don't hit a guy's knee. But, yeah. you know, the Heat don't make excuses like that. We never do. We bounce back. But um, it's just it's just frustrating, to say the least. 
And Tyler Hero, um, I haven't haven't checked my fantasy here in a little while. Usually, I mean, honest to God, half the time I rely on DraftKings for the injury updates because usually when something comes up, uh, they'll be one of the first ones to post it. Like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. said he wasn't going to play, but uh, Tyler Hero still questionable here. Uh, but that's a pretty serious them. growing injury, right? I mean, that typically that takes a little while to come back from. So. I mean, are you are you hearing any insider things there in South Florida about Tyler Hero? Yeah. What are your thoughts on him playing? Yeah, I'm on Twitter the whole day. I think he's playing. I think they're also talking this groin injury up a little bit to help out Hero because he's been so bad. I, I think without a doubt he's playing tonight. He just hasn't found his rhythms, even against the Hawks. I was like, all right, this is not the six-man I know. Like, let's just right. get him minutes. Let's get him going. And then against Philly, he did nothing. And then I'm like, all right, now it's a problem. So maybe it's a serious injury. Maybe the Heat are just trying to save his ass by benching him because he's he's just a pigeon on defense. They're attacking him in this pick and roll, and he doesn't know where to go. He's never been a good defender. And hearing you on the Bet USA show for the last like two months talking about Devin Booker, Tyler <laughs> here is always he's always been compared to this man. You know, Kentucky stud, shooter, athletic. Everything's going well in his life. Beautiful girlfriends, and it's just like it seems maybe like Kiro's just. He's got everything going. It's too good. Like he doesn't. He might not have that drive. I don't know. It's a a lot of things to ponder there. But I yeah. love Tyler. I hope he plays tonight. I think he will play. And we need to we need his offense, or else we're going to go down three two. Yeah, I mean, especially when you have three guys on your starting five roster only totaling eighteen points in that previous game, and then the other two didn't even score a point. Right? Struess was ice cold throughout that game. So I, you have to expect some positive progression in some sort having the home crowd behind you should help stimulate some of that provide mm-hmm. some rhythm what was your gut instinct heading into today right it's it's going back to miami we've seen miami step up in these cases but you know you and i have talked about this a lot right because we'll tweet back and forth or we'll mm-hmm. dm back and forth about these games and uh that gut instinct sometimes is well informed especially someone like you has been following your team for as long as you have any anything like shattered at you right from the beginning as far as a, a total or or a side to take or maybe like a derivative bet? Derivative? Well, I, I think you posted or I saw on Twitter. Whoever wins the first quarter of this series is pretty much winning the, the game. So, I mean, I would lean heat early. I expect this to bounce back like what we did in game three. But there's just so many variables in this game, man. It's tough. Hero, Robert Williams, a smart plane, um, you know. Jimmy's knee, no one talks about. Does he have arthritis in his knee? Like, what's going on there? Yeah. So, my heart wants to tell me the heat, obviously. I would take heat early, but I don't know, man. Full game, I, my heart tells me the heat win game five. Tonight goes back to Boston game six, and we hash it out in game seven. Seems maybe that's what the NBA wants. That's what everyone wants. The officiating, you know, is backing that up. So, yeah. as long as the heat show up and be aggressive, that's the most important thing. When Bam's not aggressive, we don't win. And to me, Bam's an all-star. Should have been defensive player of the year. Should have been it last year. I mean, he's a better defender than Rudy Gobert. And Marcus Smart, no discredit to him. Like, he's on a team loaded with studs out there. Bam, what he does, I watched every game. He, like, shuts people down. He's a stud. And he gets ridiculed because he has no offensive touch, but he's working on that. And tonight is going to be the Bam game. If we don't have Bam, we're going to lose. Yeah, absolutely, man. And some of these players in the Heat, too, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it has to frustrate you beyond frustration because, you know, you got the, uh, Jimmy Butler who can who can look like an absolute superstar at times. Obviously, the knee, nagging knee issues. You know, Bam stepped up and w- what was that, game three? Um, had a, you know, had a huge game three. 
Um, you know, but it's just not consistent enough. Right. And that's, and that's kind of been one of my things about the heat is, I mean, I, I guess obviously it's probably going to be Jimmy Butler who they go to in a lot of those big game situations, but you know, Jimmy's not always consistent either. So they need, uh, I, I think it's huge for the Heat to start off fast. I mean, I, I think that's a big thing for them. They've won seven out of ten games when they've done that in this postseason when they won the first quarter, mm-hmm. uh, and they haven't they haven't done that against the Celtics, right? Three out of the four games in this series, they they played from behind after the first quarter. So the Heat are just not built that way, you know. In my in my opinion, from what I've seen with the Heat, and uh, you know, be curious to see your thoughts. They're not really built to chase, right? They don't, I mean, they have the offensive firepower, but they don't move that fast. They're not that kind of rhythmic, rhythmic mm-hmm. offense. They're a punch you in the face offense, um, you know, and, you know, punch you in the face on defense first too. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, creating those transition buckets, et cetera, right? I mean, that's how they go up on teams. Yeah. Um, so I like your lean to the heat early in this game. That's the way that I'm going to go too. You'll hear me talk about that on the bet us show mm-hmm. today as well, but, what do you think about this total? Because I know some of these totals have gone way over to start. And then we saw a drop mm-hmm. in game four. Now, obviously, game four was crazy. There was yeah. going to happen in that game. And he scored like one point up until five minutes or six minutes into the first quarter. Uh, but Embarrassing. Embarrassing. So, yeah, but, I mean, I think this game is going to be the game that's going to be a lot closer. I could see a few lead changes in this one. Um, and this game, I mean, to me, this feels like an under. I know it's really low at 203, 203 and a half. But sometimes that's a signal from the books, right? Like, hey, um, when it feels too low, it often is not. And just the pressure that's going to be on every one of these shots is probably going to be contested. The crowd in in Miami, and if Miami can take control of the first quarter, it should be a slower pace. I'm leaning to the under. Do you have any other thoughts on the total? The totals have always been my my weakness, you know. I'm I'm always on the wrong side of totals, so I usually (laughs) stick to spreads or games. But – I hear what you're saying with the 203. It's that for a reason. I mean, two slow teams, two tough defensive teams, game five, regression towards the means on calls. To me, you're pretty much betting if it's going to go over or under, you know, a team's going to have a 35-point quarter. You know, the 39-point quarter for the Heat when we won game three was massive, and Boston had a massive first quarter. So if you can contain – you're betting pretty much on a team if they can hold them under 30 points a quarter, I would say. And I don't know. I want to say the under, but I, I, my stronger lean is the Miami Heat went out right tonight. I love that. So you're, are you, are you taking the full game as well? That's the lead. Got to, got to, got to with your team in South Beach. I got to tell you too. It, it, it is a thing. I feel like when people come to South Beach, uh, I mean, especially Boston to South Beach. Now, you know, at this point, these two teams know each other really well. Um, Mm -hmm. But that home crowd when they get going is, is absolutely wild. Uh, and that, you know, that's kind of the South Florida culture, right? I mean, I, I've been there before. It's pretty wild. It can get wild. Um, it's just, that's why I think it's so important for the heat to start off fast because it's, it's, you know, it's overwhelming. Obviously every home crowd in the NBA has its, has its advantages, but there's mm-hmm. something about the culture of the heat, the way that they play defense, uh, you know, the crowd cheers on the defense sometimes more than the offense, you know, and that, oh, yeah. you know, there's like an intimidating factor to that. Um, any, any other best that you're looking at today, props or anything else? Yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking band points prop when it, when it comes out. I'm going to be all over that. Jimmy probably, um, kind of like, kind of was leaning first half under. I thought it would be a slow pace. I feel like yeah. the first quarters have been so, you know, crazy that we have to have a slower first half. Um, 
but other than that, I think I'm just going to go big on the Heat and Jimmy and Bam. Those are those are my guys. I'm sticking with it. I hit Dallas last night, so I'm up a little bit. So I'm going to be playing on them. Um, but yeah, just just like what you said, man, it's so important for the Heat to be above. We're not a team that could play from behind. Yeah, we have the power and the the capability to hit threes, but that's just not our DNA. We get ahead, battle it out, gritty defense, get timely shots, get to the line. That's the Heat, at like MO. You know what I mean? Getting behind like 30, like the Warriors last night, and then having a crazy fourth quarter. That's the Heat. Don't do that. I've never seen the Heat do that. It's, we don't yeah. we don't have guys that go like that. It's we have to be up or it's we're in trouble. Or keep it within reasonable striking distance, you know, ten points going to the fourth, not twenty plus. You gotta be realistic a little bit. Yeah, and I, I don't know where it stands now, but leading up to this series, the Heat were leading the um all teams in the postseason in in steals, right? And that's how they create a lot of their offense too. They the Heat have an ability okay. to just poke that ball out. And you know, get those buckets in transition. At you know, at some points in in some of these games, it's like three to four minutes of straight transition points for the Heat. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what it feels like, right? So, yeah. uh, if they can get the crowd behind them, start fast. I like the Heat too. You heard it from Ben himself, a South Florida boy. Ben, I gotta say, man, you're a natural on the podcast. You know how to go, just you know, like one to two minutes, and then stop and let the other person talk. That's that's a talent that not every, everybody has when they first pop on a pod. Um, Thank you. And I want to ask you one more question because last year, man, I had my batch party in Fort Lauderdale. I can yeah. attest to how crazy that place is. Did you grow up in South Florida? Yeah, I'm from a I'm from a suburb in Boca Raton. It's like okay. a small, it's a small little town here, retired old people, you know, right on the beaches, the water. I'm about 30 minutes from Fort Lauderdale and about 45 minutes to Miami from where oh, I'm at. Oh man. So I'm right here in South Florida. That's- that's a nice <laughs> that's a nice that's a nice location. Okay, so yeah, I mean needless to say, it was 3 to 4 days of uh, uh I mean just absolute mayhem. I guess I won't get into too many of the details, but you know, the the environments were beautiful everywhere. Then uh what what's the one place you would recommend if you're going to South Florida and you want to have a good time, where do you go? Wow, you can't you can't have one, man. You have to see a couple. <laughs> Give us a few. Yep. Give us a few. How about okay. the wharf in Fort Lauderdale? Have you been there? That's a nice spot. Yeah, the wharf. There's a wharf in Fort Lauderdale. There's a wharf in Miami. Um, there's this place called the Levin. It's like it's it's a nightclub that all the men love here. You know, live the typical live, but literally anywhere you go in Wynwood or Brickell, there's just places popping off nonstop. My 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 favorite is probably uh, probably be that be Brickell. It's like a nice ups uh, up and coming city in Miami. A lot of high like high rises there, a lot of new infrastructure, and it's just amazing food, great people, so close to the heat arena. I love that area. So I would yeah, say Brickle, go to Eleven, hit up, hit up Live, and maybe see uh, Kiki on the River. That's a cool place if you like some some dancers while you eat dinner. Love it, man. Love it. And le- listen, if I know a South Florida boy, you're probably gonna be chugging beers tonight as soon as the Heat win. Uh, dude, I, I hope so, man. I, I love the heat. I love the way that they play basketball. I love the tenacity of them. Of course, I don't love it when they show up like they did in game four, but there's a lot of things going on in game four is kind of set up for that big Celtics win. I think we get the more entertaining contest tonight, man. And, you know, for your sake, I hope the heat pull it out. Uh, Ben, we got to have you back on next year too, especially, you know, the season's winding down. I mean, if the heat make it to the Mm -hmm. finals, we can talk again, uh, but always nice to have a resident expert on the show, man. Uh, Ben's a longtime premium customer of mine and, and, and supporter. So I just really appreciate you, man. Absolutely. And uh, are, are we seeing perhaps a burgeoning up and coming 
um, handicapper in the sports betting world. Is that is that is that what I'm saying, or are you going, <laughs> going a different direction? And, uh, potentially one day. Potentially <laughs> one day. But it's something it like everybody is on the side, right? Yeah. But it's it's getting more and more serious as we're as we're building up some income, you know. Awesome, man. Love it. Well, yeah, you're 24. You got a lot going on. I'm sure. Go ahead. I got one last question for you, Chris. Sure. So it's it's more about the heat, like contracts. What do you think? 20 million tied up with Duncan Robinson can't even get off the bench and get a minute, and 30 million in Kyle Lowry that can't even score 10 points in a playoff game. Granted, he's injured. What do you think? That's 50 million in cap space right there. I mean, Gabe Vincent has been like I think undefeated when he starts, or maybe lost that one game. Like I don't know. That seems like a waste of money to me, but. Andy Ellsberg, the Heat cap guru, he's a genius, the best in the NBA. He knows what to do out there with terms of deals. To me, that I want to hear from you outside. Like, what do you think about those deals? Yeah, it's so tough, right? Because you have to pay some of these, you know, formerly great players at least uh, significant money these days, right? I mean, the NFL, the the NBA is is a player driven league, uh, so these guys are getting paid. Maybe sometimes they don't even deserve it. I know Duncan Robinson, man, just from listening to the Heat crowd. I mean. You guys are pulling for him to get it together and to, and to you know, start to contribute, and it's just not happening. Um, I had great uh, forecasts for Kyle Lowry this year, but then obviously the injuries, but just the way that the Heat started off with him was, I mean, they looked, they looked, you know, unbelievable at first. So yeah. I, you know, I was thinking that the Heat had one of the best rosters in the NBA to start the season. Uh, I still think that's true. I'm still mm-hmm. a Kyle Lowry guy. For what he's done for years with Toronto, but you know, the season is just it feels a little disjointed, and that's what we've seen from teams like the Nets, too, right? You know, Kevin Durant, all these players, they kind of just throw them together. They're good players, so they expect it to work. I think it's gonna take a little bit of time here, but I mean, across the board, man, if you're talking about outrageous NBA contracts, a lot of this stuff doesn't make sense, right? Because you're you have to pay a premium for these workhorse players who have been around for a long time. So that's probably not going to stop. But uh, to your point, your front office there in Miami is the like admired office. I feel like of the NBA. So you guys will figure it out. You know, that, yeah. that you guys are kind of like the Tampa Bay Rays, right? Like everybody kind of respects what they can do. Uh, yeah. That's what you guys are um, in the NBA. You're the closest thing, I think, to trying to even it out fairly and, you know, distribute this stuff across the whole team and actually build a team instead of just a few superstars. Yeah, for sure. I would agree with that. And I'll give some shout out to Masai Ujiri for the Raptors. He's a hell of a, hell of an owner. Oh, He's absolutely. got a hell of a, I mean, that guy's, I'm as a Heat fan, like I see it, what he does. He never misses a draft pick. They have great youth development. It's, there's a lot of good, uh, a lot of good front offices out there, but man, it's something's different in Miami. The Pat Riley culture. Yeah. South Florida in general, man, built different down there. Ben, it was great to have you on the podcast, man. Let's keep on talking. Good luck to your Miami Heat tonight, brother. And uh, we'll see you again soon. We'll talk to you again on the pod someday, man. You have to be back at least next year, right? Hey, for sure. I promise you next year one time for sure. All right, buddy. Sounds good, Ben. I'll talk to you later. Take it easy.